Hello and thank you for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries with Rick Wharton and me, Matt Wills. Today we are talking about why did you kill me from Netflix? It's just been released, but that means nothing if you are listening to this in the future. So it is, it's mid-April, it's 2021, and at the time of recording... Everything's going great. That's that's, that's what's happening in mid-April. Yeah, everything's perfect. And we've also had to quickly record a replacement episode because The Dissident was meant to be coming out. And now that the takeover looks like it might happen, I am sitting on that shit until we have a conclusion. So, Sarah, if you're listening, I went back on any anything I learned during that documentary and I still want a billion dollar order. You cannot keep the greed out of the football. Um, so why did you kill me? This is number three in the Netflix charts, I think. Uh, it was directed by Frederick Monk. And here's the blurb. There's no money. There's no accolades. It's only just come out. The line between justice and revenge blurs when a devastated family used social media to track down the people who killed 24-year-old Christina Theobald. Rick, lead us in, because I, I had mixed feelings on this one. I, I like the look of it. It's kind of like, because uh, the trailer was really good and the trailer's kind of the same to the opening minute. So I think what you need now is a good trailer to sell something. Do you know what I mean? Like if it doesn't pop on screen, you're fucked. Yeah. There's very much, did you ever hear that Shawshank and Scarface did terrible at the box yes. office? Yeah, yeah. Because because you couldn't do a trailer that was that made them look good, basically, yeah, yeah. without giving away what the whole thing was about. And... um this one and the trailer is slightly misleading, which I will very that, misleading. It's, it's it's a mother tracking down the the gangland shooting of her daughter, and yeah, it's not a bad, it's not a long one. It's not no. a terrible watch. No. This um, here's the mistake I made. Yeah. All right. So the, I had the family coming round on Saturday. We said we'd feed them. I completely forgot, and I'm like, oh, I thought we'd watch this documentary together because I wanted to get this out of the way. And they tread it like it was fucking goggle box. I swear to God, they thought they were in. Go- I had to hear, it. I had to hear every shitty comment about whatever hats they were wearing or what, or what they thought. Oh, why has he got with- a tattoo on his chest? <laughs> I'll get to that. So, um, there's a thing that me and my girlfriend have, and it's it's been coached in over 10 years of watching things together, is when she asked me a question about what's, what's just happened there, or is that such and such, or is this that, about any sort of film, the rule is, I'll tell you what, wait 20 seconds, I imagine it's about to tell you. And now we have right. yeah, yeah. an amazing synergy while watching, and whereas this was... Two, two pensioners asking me questions while I'm trying to write down Spanish-sounding names. It was really fucking irritating. So, Richard, what are you going to say about that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have to answer myself to you. Get the Patreon. <laughs> I wing it, Mum. I wing it. I love the way she calls you Richard. Um, lead us in. Set this one up. Because I, I know I should care, right? But I, have you got a, Is that an ice cream van? Uh, I, they're, they're called COVID vans now, but yes, they come round. Um, oh my god! And do you want to pensioners? Do you want to pause the recording so you can go and get an ice cream? 
No, I've went a year without getting COVID. That's like getting to season 10 of The Walking Dead and then fucking falling over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tore me ACL on the finale. Jesus, we're about to get a cure. <laughs> well, right, so as I'm saying, right, this one, I've just fin- finished um, putting together Alan V. Farrow. We've just done Seaspiracy. So I edited that the other day and The Dissident. So we was going into this, and this is effectively in the true crime genre. And because that stuff is, the previous stuff I just mentioned, is so miserable. This, this I was like, oh, this is very sad. A young girl dies. Okay, I've become, I think my nerve endings are shot. Because I was like, it's, oh, it, really? Oh, okay. That's horrible. Not, what have you it's done? Not, it's now on a tough bill because you now have an appreciation for good and bad. I think this is a fine documentary for True crime, hour and 20. I preferred it to American murder. If we hadn't, like, do you know what I mean? I... No, I think I, I think what's happened here, since American murder, I've changed. I, you've, you've put me through so much shit that I've just, I'm desensitized. Yeah, massive yeah. Chris Betts truther. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> And this is sad, right? So this starts off with, your first thing you see is Windows XP, and now do you know the way pensioners go? Oh my doom, god! Doom, doom. They they see like if a pensioner was to see like a big wheel bicycle, they go, "Oh my god!" Do you remember yeah, yeah. those days? That's what I get from seeing Windows XP. Like, yeah. We're just the generation in front of screens. Like I got so it, many memories flooding back of different computers I've had because of that. It it did set the tone for the time that the documentary revolves around. I thought that was really clever. That was a nice little. Would that be a trope? Have I got that use of that word right? You do. Oh, there you go. Well, that was a good trope. Um, I've changed so oh, much. Sorry, right? I, nine I, months. Nine months. I got something that I, I forgot. I was going to message you too, and I thought I'd just tell you. Today. So I was listening to um, a comedy podcast about wrestling, and there was a roast, a guy who does all the roast battles on Mike Lawrence, and he was super fucking right. funny. And he says, oh, I do a podcast. So I went in, I checked his podcast. Episode one was You Cannot Kill David Arquette with David Arquette. And I was like, fuck it, I'm not listening to it. Unsubscribe. I don't need to feel bad. What me and Matt do is just fine. We could have got David Arquette. We couldn't have, no. Oh, oh okay then. Uh, well, Mr. Arquette, if you're listening, I love your work. Um, we we reached out to Robert Durst. We did. Right, yeah. um, so this one starts off with... Basically, a young woman gets shot in a car in a in a kind of a drive-by, and then the whole documentary is working around. Well, who done it? Why did they do it? Can we get them to pay for their crimes? And it's, I mean, it's sad. It's very well made. I just, I think it's got some good ups and downs. It's, it's just yeah. a weird. I, uh... it's. You don't. You, it's not long enough for you to get bored, but it's also not long enough for Stockholm syndrome to set in and for you to really worry about what's going to be the outcome. Because the sad things already happened. Now yeah. it's just interesting to see what the resolution is. And so the the young lady who died was called Crystal, and they said she was really lucky. So she put five dollars in a fruit machine, and she had won thirty eight thousand dollars. And then she used that to buy a home and fund a business with her husband who then basically blew the lot of it because he got back into drugs. And 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 then, yeah, she she's shot in a car. But little things, 
little things. If we hadn't just watched six six episodes of McMillions, which we're gonna have to just jump into this documentary and not the other ones that we've been fucking watching as of late. Like Rick Wheeler, uh, the police officer, they describe like within the the police and the murder squad department, they have a picture of the Grim Reaper, and that's whoever's up for the next case that gets caught. So if when a murder comes in, it's your turn to do it. Yes, and as a and like, doesn't that just make your heart sink? That like, they don't yeah. have just like, okay, this is a serious murder. Let's get the best murder police on there. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Who's next? Dyspraxic Dan's fucking job <laughs> this time round. Go on, fumbles. <laughs> I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like the the idea that the detective was called Rick. I was like, oh, that's gonna confuse things on the podcast. <laughs> Can't we call him something else? Um, the mum. So basically, so poor Crystal dies. She dies in her brother's arms. And the mum is called Belinda. Now, she sounds like, to me, how Robert Jinx Durst would have sounded as a woman. Yeah, she is Dorothy Siner. Now, let me get one thing straight at the top. I am not saying anything bad about Belinda throughout this next 45 fucking minutes. God, I no. think that how could woman- you? Is one of the most terrifying badass mothers I've ever seen. But oh, this is where you. the hoodwink comes in because when they're talking about the investigation into the murder, that's when they start to go. They weren't very forthcoming with information, <laughs> and they say, and then Belinda's like, "Yeah, we don't like cops." Now in the trailer, <laughs> you think it's like a doctoring house mum who then goes and solves a murder, whereas Belinda's yes. family are like badass. They're like, like you know, half on the wrong side of the law. They they want to handle it in house, and then because yeah. the trailer, there's two Belinda's within this. There's there's a reenactment where they have the board of the street where there's the, it's a drive by shooting how Crystal gets killed. So they're in a white car, pulls up, something speeds around very quickly, and then a guy gets out and just starts shooting. Yes, one of the stray bullets hits her in the back of the uh, yeah. like in the base of the skull. And this is and, in America, uh, so this is in Riverside, in Los Angeles. And in this re in in these footages, she has the hair of like I don't know a substitute RE teacher. Big glasses, seems very meek. And then when you have her in the other ones, when she's talking about, yeah, I was doing meth that night. I was off yeah. my fucking face. And then you. I was a about- meth cook. I was a meth addict. I was an alcohol addict. Uh, the picture of her is where you snogged a girl in school. And then 40 years later, you looked her up on Facebook because you were just curious what happened to that woman. And you see this picture of her with the beer can and the cigarette and you went, well, thank fuck for that. <laughs> I didn't get involved with her. Match target audience. Hey, just, just want to put it out there that I'm still here doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is a scary woman, right? She is a fucking scary woman. And the the people who did it, they believe, were called the 5150 gang. And Belinda identified the person who did it. Well, and- here's the thing. So we're missing out a big character. I think it's uh, Jamie is the cousin. Is that the... Jamie, yeah. So you only... I was going to get to her because it, it, it introduces her and then it leaves her and then it comes back to her in a very big way. Because everyone yeah. initially says how much they loved Crystal. And that, that's uh, yeah, what I'm yeah. saying about being desensitized. I was like, let's get to it. Come on. <laughs> I've, got, I've got peanut butter and apple waiting for me. Well, this this is why when we bulk record, I think this happens a few times. 
What, the desensitivity? I, I need a break. I, I think you need, you need a palate cleanser is what you need. That's why and I suggested just, well-groomed, but you couldn't get uh, on board I was with about, it. I was about to tell you that, Matt. That I, if I could like just grab my phone I'm fucking seeing you on now and just slam it on the floor as if it was Arnie banging someone's head off a desk. And I don't mean by that, watch a shit documentary where something happens. I mean, have a break and take a walk. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, we, so she identifies a kid, right? And then they, they arrest... Well, sorry, they bring someone in for questioning. Yeah, she goes, I'd recognise them if I see them. So they just go through old yearbooks of yeah. a school. And then you go, is that one? And then they bring the kid in and they have the footage of the kid. And I've written here, this is Rick's sweet spot. Because effectively, it's a gang member being interviewed by the police. And I can just see you there. You would have been watching... And now I know you watched it with your family. You would have gone, everyone sharp. This is really important. I'm studying for this. No, there'll be, there'll be like a quiet moment when there's a good bark. You're happy. Go, so on Thursday, do you want to go Hamsley Forest? Um, we'll have you know to your about... dad listens to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, if I tell him he's been mentioned, he's a Wharton. He's not fucking listening to others who want to call uh, we'll have to leave six in the morning because we won't get parked. I mean, you have a few times I've been there. It was it was fine to park, but there's no... Oh, you won't get up at six for you. That's fair enough. Then be, be a loser the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> that That is the level of... Uh, that, that's how conversations are going at the minute. We are. <laughs> so the police interview, and he is a kid, right? This person they interview. He's young. What, what, what do you reckon he is? 17? 16. It's the body language of how they interview. And I've seen them do this in a few. So it's like a small, like as if it's a one person desk at school. One person sits opposite him and the other one sits in the corner in his face. And they're going, hey, listen, we, knew, you, we know you did it. Just say you did it. Murderer says what? What? Exactly. There we go. So you've made a minute now. You might as well tell us what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where are we at? Do you do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we, we know otherwise. So you did it. And then the guy just... This poor kid just breaks down into tears, and they're like, "Oh, it wasn't it. <laughs> We've got the wrong car. That's how you get out of the police interrogation. Just start crying." In in the nah, that's Easy. I've seen. If you watch confession tapes, that they they just fucking they handcuff you and walk you past a bunch of uh, news reporters, and they just take a photograph saying they have a suspect, and then your life's ruined. I was watching the off- new Brian Cranston thing the other day. They get this kid who they need to confess. Your Honor, yeah. yeah. They put him in a car, start gassing him. But there's like two things that are too coincidental within it at every single one. So it feels very Breaking Bad because the great thing about Breaking Bad is seeing someone covering, cleverly covering for their lies yes. and not seeing the pitfall of doing so. So the suspense at every turn. But then they link two or three things that like, okay. I haven't seen it all. Don't Don't spoil it now. Yeah, I'm up to like episode seven or eight. Oh, okay. No, we're not there. But I've just. But when they effectively put that poor kid in the in the car and started mm. pumping it full of gas, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Um, Joe, Joe Coffee. I mean, yeah. Uh, so Jamie is Crystal's cousin. Now she's a younger cousin, and at the time she died, she was fourteen, and she's told at school that the people who did the killing were the fifty one fifty gang. So. She sets up a, a fake MySpace account and she catfished the gang members. And this is at the age 14. And she's telling us this. And she looks. So this documentary was made, what, last year, right? And yeah. she looks young. 
she looks she doesn't look older than 14 but then you see a picture of her when she was 14 she looks about four right and then she's catfishing these these blokes to basically fall in love with her right so she picks a picture of a a reasonably voluptuous girl and she goes and i picked has, her because she had Supergirl, and it had clip art of weed and corona let's <laughs> yeah. not get the mexican gangs <laughs> and the, yeah basically yeah these mexican gangs start going oh yeah she looks all right um and her aunt was complicit in this and egged her on yeah and oh there was one last thing about the uh, the kid being interrogated sorry before we move on which oh, i quite yeah. like because it goes it goes to belinda and belinda goes i didn't know if you picked the wrong person and they stop asking you who it might be <laughs> <laughs> oh they, they stopped asking me for uh identifying people after that one once you've once you've made a mistake like that it's like yeah they almost <laughs> they almost knocked a child around with a fucking phone book belinda <laughs> like, <laughs> um so she's out and there. And they do a good bit of background on the area. It's like a low-income area of like yes. very little job opportunities. Yep. And people yeah, who yeah. grew up there, like it's in LA, but you'd never see LA, I think it is where it was. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we'd never be a, we'd never go to Disneyland and, you know. It's it's just this um, one little area. That, basically, they and they also... The, oh, and when they go through the binder, so he starts going through a binder of gang members with Belinda. And there is not a scene that looks more like Louis Theroux in Thai Brides. It's the opposite <laughs> side of um, So they, the documentary makers went to a lot of trouble in building a model of the streets so that they could reenact the driving of the shooting and how it happened. And then they had Belinda there, the mum of the poor the poor girl who died, basically with toy cars going, yeah, this car was here, then this car came in here, showing us what happened. And it keeps cutting back to that, which I thought, why? Once, once you've seen it once, why do they keep reinforcing, I, and this is how it happened? Because it's, it's, and this is how it happened. Because, it's, again, it's not a tricky story. Because, do you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, mer- like murder suspect here got from this point to that point and then we're seen at this point so can we prove that he gets some A to B and is he possibly have a motive or uh, an alibi rather it's um, they just built it and went well we're going to keep using it <laughs> <laughs> see that's what I think I, spent think fucking, I, I spent ages making exactly. this fucking bus stop <laughs> yes exactly um, <laughs> um, and then they arrest that kid so they let the kid go didn't they and then it turns out that Crystal's brother was in a car that was the same car as the killer drove. Yeah, so... A lot- and now you're like, whoa, hang on. Did yeah. so- Was her family involved in her death? Because that- that's what went through my head. That Because that's what the police thought as well. And, and to be honest, inadvertently, it was which I don't think that comes into just yet. So you hear the br- you see you hear the brother's side of the story where he's outside his, uh, his, his baby mama's house. Is the phrase so? One sec, let me decode that. That's uh, the mother of his child, who he's no longer dating, because um, <laughs> he had his girlfriend in the car. That's why I was getting confused. So, so it's pretty. He's outside his, uh, that house, and then a car slow drives past them, and like stares into them, and then parks opposite them. So he freaks out and speeds off. Like, and they almost go. They almost go into him. In our yes, life. that's right. In our life. But can you imagine living like that? So where you're terrified of people who walk past you 
or if a car drives past you, that that gang culture is within their society, that they're terrified and they act out like that. All of it. And everyone's just as scared, right? So their cortisol levels are through the roof in terms of stress. They're always on hyper alert. In, and then you chuck it, guns and yeah. bullets into that. You can see why so many people die in America. In reactive dog terms, it's called trigger stacking. <laughs> well, think of it like this then. So the way these, these, and they're kids, right? From my point of view, because I'm 50, everyone's a kid now. You don't look up with your new hairstyle, Matt. Well, thank you very much. My sister-in-law you, you, just said that. You, you, uh, you wouldn't think I was 25 years your junior or whatever it is. <laughs> um, so effectively, they're all like re- reactive beagle puppies, basically, with guns, is what you're saying. Yeah, driving a Ford Expedition. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. Do you know I what? Just... Those, those neckerchiefs that the gangs wear might as well say nervous on it like what my dog does. <laughs> <laughs> At least the ordinary members of the public would know to keep away from yeah, them. Got a oh, he's a fucking... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, and they talk to they talk to the the brother who was driving the car, which again, Ford Expedition. And he will not be going for an interview in a large corporate anytime soon, will he? Not with those face tattoos. Yeah, there was a, there was a village we did in Kent where um, it was it was the only Woo, time I'd, I'd ever seen it. I think it might have been Singleton. I think it's called Singleton Village. Right. A lovely gig, but it honestly had the most beautiful women I'd ever seen with face tattoos. Like <laughs> face tattoos are becoming very normalised now. I I think that's so brave. Just to go, yeah, I'm gonna, yep, face tattoos. That's what I'm getting. Chakotay on Voyager had them, and uh, I'm going to stick with it. I, I was going to write Shira across my eyebrow and <laughs> just see if you mentioned it. Just... <laughs> Why I, Alan? Right across there. I don't want anyone to mistake us. <laughs> we did a gig in Essex years ago, and the geezer had uh, a schwastika tattooed. I think it was across his head. Is that is that the it, Nazis it was or the terrifying. Watchers? It was the Nazis. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, the, which way you say it, you mean swastika? Oh, what did I say? Swastika. Swastika. <laughs> All right. Just, didn't know if you really like just like tiss on watches or if you fucking. I I had a little bit of sugar and I'm I'm crashing a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was terrifying that this man because that's free speech, isn't it? If you if you buy into free speech, you're he's allowed to have a. Schwastika, uh, Here's tattoo. the thing. If you talk about free speech, you tend to have some fucked up things to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard of a fucking rational person complain about their free speech being fucking limited. I can't believe I'm defending the Nazi tattoo <laughs> un- 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 guy. Unless you spoke out against the crown in um, in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he gets interviewed in his car. And then throughout the rest of the documentary, he keeps getting interviewed in his car. What does he live in his car? Because that's what I'm. That's what I was thinking. I don't think he wants these people to know where he lives. Like, I think yeah, they finally yeah. oh, tracked him good. down. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because there is yeah. a lot of anonymity trying to be kept within this. Because yeah, it goes into the five one fifty gang. It is the five one fifty in it. Yeah, it's terrifying, right? That gang culture thing is. It's fucking terrifying. I I don't know how else to. To to say it, they they get them, they groom them as children to be yeah, gang members to feel a part of it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can equate that to is being a football fan. 
because I think we're groomed as <laughs> children to be football fans. The only thing I can equate that to is what I equate absolutely everything to. Everything and that is, to. And that is the thing I like. Um, <laughs> so why did you kill me? Why did you get me to sport West Ham is the documentary I want to see. Yeah. You see? <laughs> There's no good footage. The talking heads are rubbish. <laughs> Fortune's always hiding. There's no, there's no twist. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Um, the the mum in this said uh, she was such a character. She said, you know, my boys were boys. They like fighting. And me, well, I was on the devil's dope, which is meth. I didn't know it was called the devil's dope. Yeah. And she called her daughter Crystal. <laughs> oh. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Um, And I love what she said. Yeah, we were doing meth, but never in front of the children. (laughs) As if that's okay. And all the kids who were interviewed in it, whose parents were meth heads or alcoholics, they said we were constantly begging our parents to quit. They didn't interview her other two sons, uh, Twix and Smirnoff. (laughs) (laughs) And she said her problem, the mum, Belinda, said the problems arose when she started selling drugs. I like the way it wasn't when she started smoking weed, started drinking beer, or started doing meth. The problems all came in when she became a distributor of narcotics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. And her... Do you know what? She looks good for being on meth at her age. The only thing you can tell is the slight slack jaw. That's the only only element of meth you can really see in, her, in the talking heads. Oh, is that what the wonky mouth is? Yeah, it's a bit uh, it's a bit messy. I mean, I'm going just by watching Breaking Bad, but I think that that's an element of it. Just that kind of little bit oh loose, kind of just the way you move your mouth. I thought that was a kind of a she was doing that to be cool. No, it's a meth problem. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Now you've said that, I, I love the way you're looking at it going, oh, that's God, cool. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to talk out of the side of her mouth. Um, her mugshot, right, of her being arrested. She might have just had it, a film and we've just called her out for being a meth head. I don't know. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, her mugshot is of when she got arrested. She's basically, it's Larry David-esque. So she's got this smirk on her face. And like, oh, you got me. 12 keys of meth. Oh, you didn't find the other 60, though, did you? Ah! Ain't saying nothing. Be out in six. Ain't saying nothing, pig. Ain't saying nothing. Oh, man. But then then the brother discovers, the youngest brother, Nick, he discovers that um, the guys, he also mentions that they're all on MySpace. And there were her top friends on MySpace were all members of the 5150 gang. So again, Jamie sets up the the hoodwink basically, where she sets up. Well, this was on the her aunt's basically on Crystal's mum's Belinda's suggestion that the the first profile she set up to snare everybody in. Now let's set up the nice version of that, but use the dead daughter's picture, and she and she was called Angel, and effectively, the meth head mum was getting her niece, 14-year-old niece, to catfish yeah. these gang members. Yeah. that's I haven't got children. That's wrong, right? That's wrong. I don't know if you get these. I get I get message requests every day on Facebook from, like, some female name, where if you click this, then, you know, it's the, um, you know, bugging your phone. Yeah. and uh, But I'm now, since I've seen this documentary thing, have I been in a car while someone's... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I did, like I said, now I've I did get them up until February when I turned fifty. Now it's a whole different. Uh, but like the way she set up her account is really funny. Just to, it's not difficult. It's it's really it, instead of plenty of fish, it's plenty of barrels is what you've got because these people flock yeah. to it. It's like I'll be your yeah. I'll be your biggest mistake and stuff like that. It's all. And the 5150 gang members are like, oh, I need to know her. Do you smoke weed, girl? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Even seen the What way- a dumb question. I got triggered by the ah. messages on, on MySpace because I haven't seen that layout in 10 years, 15 years. Like, oh, Jesus, I do remember that because I had a subject line when you got a message from someone. You don't get that on Facebook or anything that you use these days. I never used MySpace. I needed to check out deleted mine. I was like, fuck, have I still got that out there? Jesus, web. So the my pro- I thought... That you were on my pro MySpace because they catfish in one of these fifty one fifty members. His name is Jokes, and his interests on MySpace are fuck books. And I thought, is that Rick? Oh That's yeah, Rick, yeah, right? yeah. That's... My interests always also involve not letting people know I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he likes he likes weed and fuck books. And he adds, so he adds a Joker V5 and he's the guy from the trailer where they they kind of they show you what she says to him in the end part. But and, and she's she gets to know them and she makes the guys come to her. And Yeah. And this is a 14-year-old kid yeah. who's catfishing. And she went, "I did what Crystal taught me. I got the men to want me." And he's just like, "I'm going to be a badass chef." <laughs> Who's taught, teaching a 14-year-old that? I, I think the world moved on and maybe I didn't. I've, I, I feel like I've got the morals as if I was born in the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> She's too young to be on the internet. She's only 14. It's a straight, it's, it's an interesting journey for her because she's like, to her, this person she loves died and she's having to pretend she's her with her picture every night. And she's talking yeah. about like, the emotional toll that tells. Like I said, this isn't about yeah. a documentary. Here's the thing. Screens aren't yeah. that exciting to look at. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so they pull jokes in on the back of the, the uh, WhatsApp. Uh, sorry, not WhatsApp. On the back of MySpace, they bring in. So she, the mum, Belinda, takes the MySpace stuff to the police, doesn't she? So they yeah. bring in jokes. And it turns out his name is William. Uh, William Saletto. When he brings in, because he does it with the first kid as well. When he's in it, he goes, "Hey, dude, how are you doing?" And it's like it's like a forty-five-year-old white guy trying to give him a fist bump, yeah, <laughs> and be like, "Hey, do you want to?" But then it's, um, they, um, I thought he grasses up the the shooter pretty fucking quick. I thought he dropped the dime. I thought the police officer fucked up because he goes out in the street. I'm hearing I'm hearing jokes is doing this, and he goes jokes. Like I didn't think that was actually his name. I thought that's yeah. what his MySpace username might have been. Like yes, my, I thought that. Yeah, yeah, my username on Xbook Live is the first thing that has Rick in it. So I didn't change it because I was just like, I'm not going to be playing against people on this. So it could be whatever. So I typed in R I C Rick and it came up with something like sulfuric ue747 and people now that I do play online, people are like, who's this fucking weirdo sulfuric ue? <laughs> There was a great one. There was one on NBA, so you're your own NBA character, and then you can either play the against the computer and do a career mode, or you can play park games against other people on NBA. Right. And there was someone called I Miss You, Karen. (laughs) 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 And I just thought, like, if 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 a fucking I Miss You too, Daryl, and then they played against (laughs) each other, I just thought that would be 
If I could see that. <laughs> Love will find a way. Um, so my Xbox Sorry. name was, uh, it was from a book and it was called Really Fup Duck. And if you say it quick, it's really, it sounds like really fucked up. And I yeah. always thought that was stupidly childish. <laughs> and the book was read in under an hour. So I was like, oh, that's great. That's a, it's a good book about a farmer and he's a talking duck called Fup. Uh, anywho. There's a guy who had a good trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. The snap line reads well. You don't need to read the book. <laughs> um, so William Saletto is pulled in for questioning. And the copper works him over a bit, doesn't he, with words. That, and they need to go to the Rick Wharton School of Questioning. That's what. That's your next. If the comedy doesn't they, work out, that's what you're setting up. They, 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 you're going to tour the United States teaching gang members. If you get pulled in by the old bill, this is what you got to do. Just sit, sit vaping outside the police officer and wait for somebody brought in a hoodie. Go ask for a lawyer. <laughs> no, and then walk away because <laughs> that's the key fucking word. Ask for a lawyer, but then he tells the whole story because I say it's his truck in it, and he talks over himself. He t- puts himself in knots by saying like they shot at him. Yeah. So what? So yeah. from four feet, there's n- there's no bullet holes or anything. I got it fixed up. Where'd you go? Like everything yeah. he says, it's the opposite to your honor. He's he's thought of like eight seconds ahead, yeah. not two weeks ahead, in it, yeah. with every fucking answer he's given. And the other guys is called like rascal and tripper. And then Denny says it's Little Hero or... Yeah, Julio Harry. Yeah, Lil Hurio. Yeah, uh, his, whose real name is Julio Heredia. Um, and it, yeah, he just grasses him up. He went, yeah, it was him. He got out of the car. He did all the shooting. And it was just that one one bullet, isn't it, that, that killed her. Just, yeah, just fucking unfortunate. Like I said, it's sad. It's a sad documentary. Um and then, but you don't hear the you don't hear the full story of what happened just yet. That's his side of no, it. But he's yeah, he's yeah. now dropped. So they let him go because he's cooperated. Yes. Yeah. And, and is there um, is there leaving? No, I think it's the other guys they get in because it's the next guy we talk to is like is the Lemus brothers or Remus. Yeah, Manuel Lemus. And there's and a man who doesn't talking. want his face recognised, is it? Jesus, like the Invisible Shit, Man. No. He's yeah, he's wearing the hat and the glasses. But what I liked about Manuel was they're speaking to him and he's not saying anything and then they go we got your mum outside and he's like oh okay what do you need to know (laughs) and his mum looks like right you know I've got godchildren right yeah well their grandma for I think I've told you this before for like 45 years I called her Abolita because I was told her name was Abolita. I only found out a few years ago, Abolita is Spanish for grandmother. I've been calling this my godchildren's grandmother, grandmother. I thought her name was Abolita. It is. It's Sarah. <laughs> Same as my goddaughter and sister and Australian best friend. It's just, yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. Betty Loomis, uh, Manuel Loomis's mum. Yeah, she looks like she looks like Abolita. And uh, so they describe joining the fifty-one fifty. So um, that who I think it's Julio's story. The guy on the bike. Yeah. So the guy and the guy. Uh, the, so Julio comes up to them as kids on a bike, and they invite him to a party. And like it was like this huge fucking. Ha- it was like in a house with no adults, and it's just music blasting, drinks flying. And they said, "Do you want a drink?" He goes, "Oh, I don't drink." He goes, "Do you want to be in or not?" So you drink. He goes, "Have a smoke." 
same thing. I don't smoke. Have it? Do you want to be in? So they have a smoke, yeah. and then he literally lifts their hands up, and they all jump them and beat the fuck out of them, and then pick them up and go, "You're one of us now." I mean, in it, do you know what? In a microcosm, that's a six month abusive relationship in three minutes, right there. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> you that's don't know exactly if you're coming or going. Yeah, yeah, that was just terrible. Um, Anything with initiation, I want nothing to do with. I've never liked yeah, that. No, shit. I couldn't agree with you more. That's. I, I think you lose your love of initiation once you go through the open mic comedy scene. I think that's a yeah, that's enough. That's cabbages that <laughs> What did they make you do? <laughs> <laughs> All of it, Rick. All of it. <laughs> Monday night on the Tottenham Court Road. Go fuck yourself. Um, the Belinda just keeps coming out with the the best quotes. She says, "Okay, boys," to her sons because they're like, "We're going to handle this in house." Okay, boys, no violence. Not in my daughter's name, but in the back of my mind. I know I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Hang on, Belinda. And you can tell she's serious, right? She's going to kill him. Because um, the minute she... Because Jamie's catfishings proceed into the point where they want to meet up that night and then she, last minute she doesn't go and stuff yeah. like that. Then she yeah, just yeah. says, I can't do this anymore. So Belinda takes it over and she's like, I don't... Like, she's gone from like the sweet girl there and the men to like a fucking dominant cougar yeah. coming after them. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, even her daughter says, "Oh no, my mum's my mum's a little insane," and she would be right. Her little her little girl's dead. She or was would, it her she, niece? So they'd that, be like, yeah. "Oh no!" So the way they caught William, sorry, or jokes is like, "Are you coming to pick me up? What kind of car do I look for?" Ford Expedition. Yes, that's Boom. right. Yeah, white Ford Expedition. And, and then they found the houses, and she'd drop like voodoo dolls and skulls into their gardens and shit like that. And she kept, she starts stalking them. Yeah, she starts calling ICE to get them deported and fucking all sorts like just. But she started MySpacing rival gangs. Yeah, oh, and say, would, yeah, I, this, again, this is like the more I'm stroke thinking of, of genius. It, I enjoyed it. Like she would ring up like the the five one two gang and be like, <laughs> "Hey, just so you know, these guys are talking mad shit about you, dog." <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like, "We're gonna come down and fuck you up." She's like, "Well, here's my car. You can't catch I'm me. In, you can't catch me in my white Ford Expedition homes." Yeah. And then and then you, you saw the. <laughs> Everyone of a Ford Expedition starts getting set on fire in the street. <laughs> it's fucking lethal. And the cop says to her, what are you saying on MySpace? Come on, tell me. Just tell that, me what you're saying. Like three expeditions on fire with bullet holes in them. Again, that could have been three people lost daughters because of this woman's pain. That could have been, yeah. The, the documentary filmmaker said to, um, said to Belinda, well, who was going to shoot them? And Belinda, with no, she went, me. I was going to shoot them. I was going to shoot them all. Okay, all right. It was just fucking. T- she's quite scary. Um, she's terrifying. She's she's what she is terrifying. She, yeah. she, she has a, a dedication and a focus on her goal that uh, these people yes. were not ready for. Yeah. Um, and then one day she and to be, let's be honest, fucking justified when you hear the story. You know. Well, yeah, you. Can, not, she's yeah. not too worried about uh, who she, she tramples on, but you can understand no. the pain and the fucking and the reaction to it. The weird thing is because you're seeing it in what I would class as real life, it's just it's it's a horrible, uncomfortable, scary watch. Yet we started watching a film the other day where this happens to Mel Gibson and his daughter in a film. And you're like, oh, that's a great film. Whereas I'm watching this documentary going, oh, that's really uncomfortable. And it was exactly the same apart from it was Mel Gibson who was going to go and kill the killers of his daughter rather than Belinda the mum. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, and you'll accept Mel Gibson doing it, but Belinda, you're like, oh, well, you want to calm down, love. Come on. Whereas Mel Gibson, you're like, yeah, go on, go on, Mel. 
Um, it's, a, it's amazing what a good soundtrack can do. Right, yeah. <laughs> With the right camera angle. Listen to Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> she, um, she sets up a fake end of the world party on the 6th of the 6th, 2006, 666. At 4.20, is not 4.20 was the thing? Yeah, no, it's no, 4.20, no, it yeah, because that's... You're, you're mistaken, Diz. I'm sure it's it's April 4th uh, or whatever, the 4th, 4.20, the 20th of April or something. So it was like the potheads fucking oh, okay, fake Christmas. Right. Um, um yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was the 420 And, and she's going to lure them all there and kill them, right? She's going to yeah. get fucking medieval on their ass. And then she goes, hang on, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, come on, let's just not, not do that. And she gets back on MySpace, starts speaking to Jokes, just quickly. who at this stage loves her. Just quickly, because they showed you the area they were going to take her out to. And and then yep. they're also dipping in between her mates and neighbours going, look, I, I I love Belinda, but she's fucking crazy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's a little bit crackers. I thought this is insane. And then um, they uh, so they show the area they're going to get lured to. And it's just like a desert area of one bush. And she's like, yeah, I was just going to get the jump on them from that bush. And you can imagine just pulling up in like your bouncing car. And it's just like, at this point, what, a 60-odd-year-old woman? Like, uh, yeah, forgive me yeah, if yeah. I've got the age wrong. The meth ages you fucking differently, Belinda. Yeah, sure. it does. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, this, just the confusion of, of, of this woman who could look at you, like, with her hair at the time, could work in a library just walking towards you with a fucking 45 just popping girls. <laughs> But you know she's going to get away with it because in her Google search history, it had, can you hear gunshots in the police station from this location here? What the fuck? Well, well, that- I guess we didn't know enough about search history being cached on your computer back then. So basically- It comes it to the day before. Out, she, she loses her mind and then and the day she, before she blows it up a bit. Yeah, and she gets on MySpace and she says- and she says to um, Jokes, do you love me? And he's like, actually, I do love you. I just can't wait to meet you. And she suckered him in, right? Yeah. And J- Jamie did a great job because she so- showed that Jokes, who was this badass gang member, he had quite a sensitive side. So when she said, oh, I'm sad about my mum being a meth head in prison, he went, it's okay. Just deal with it one day at a time. I'm here if you ever want to chat. He was so sensitive. You know when she was doing this stuff? When she was saying this, Belinda's like, hey, a little bit too close to the bone there, Jamie. Stop taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and now that mum's in charge of the, the thing, the uh, the MySpace thing, and she's chatting to jokes, and basically she says to jokes, do you love me? And he went, yeah. And she went, well, say it. And he went, I love you. And that's when she says, then why did you kill me? This is who the picture is of. This is the person you killed that night. I'm her mum. Have you any idea what you've done to me or my family? And then she went back to the police and said, look, here's what I've done. Yeah, that's when I handed the MySpace over. Um, yeah. Then jokes. He- I gave him the passwords and everything. J- jokes goes in the wind. He's gone. He's never been seen. Yeah. And then you see the Lemus brothers. So the Lemus brothers get rounded up and then they do the old, hey, listen, your brother's in the next room telling us everything. So you can either get your story straight together or you're getting charged. Yeah, this is by the old Bill. Yeah, yeah. And then um, they bring the brother into the same interrogation room because, um, yeah, old Rick the cop doesn't like doing two different chats, so he wanted to kill two people <laughs> one stone. Like, again, you can understand why this woman took fucking business into her own hands when you listen to this guy because it sounded like they had fucking nothing before this woman stepped in. Um, I didn't understand why they... Is that why they brought his brother into the interview? That's the bit I didn't get. Well, they cracked one of them and then they, they brought him in and... Right, they then okay. talked. 
Well, then the gang had a meeting and they questioned Manuel Lemus and they said, uh, how'd you feel if we killed your brother? Because one of you spoke. He says, how would you feel if we killed your brother? And then he says, I would do exactly what you would do in that situation. Imp- implying that, like, yeah, I'd react the same way you fucking would, so back off. Yes. And then they set his mom's house up on in flames. Yeah. They, yeah. Because they call them um, and we're like, yeah, there's 20 kids outside our house, and we don't know why they're surrounding the house. And then they just burnt the fucker down. Yeah. Um, and it turns out the the killing uh, was just mistaken identity. Well, we're there. Be- Since they burnt the house down, he goes, right, fuck yous. And he went to the police and he told them absolutely everything. Yeah. And that's where you hear the story. So they're riding round and little hero or little hero. Yeah. He is like off his face on meth from the account. Yes. Remus is in the va- in the car and jokes is driving. Someone else is in there as well. Trippier or rascal or whatever. I think, I think they had like seven in there, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. And then someone's just told them that one of the 612 gang or whatever the fuck they called yeah. shot at them and they're in this car. They're driving past and they see a similar car, so they turn around and get the lights on him. He freaks out and drives off because he thinks it's this is Crystal's brother at this point. Drives off, yes. think, thinking they're about to be shot up, which is probably not far off. Nearly hits them like, who are these guys? They chase him down. And then he kind of speeds away, but then the next car coming behind, they think is with him, like another gang to corner them. But it's literally, Crystal's in the back of the car for mum and a brother. It's a weird coincidence that yeah. that was same uh, family, different car in the same location. Hero just jumps out and just starts fucking shooting, and uh, Crystal catches yeah. one. It's it's sad, right? Yeah, and then the the police once they get all of this, they go and arrest every single member of the gang. Yeah, twenty five um, thirty houses they hit that day. Before. Yeah, but no, Julio um, isn't found. He's found in Mexico. Yeah, and he's deported back immediately and he's charged with Crystal's murder. Um, and then it's great because, well, it's not great, but so they come to the Julio interrogation. He went, fuck you, I want a lawyer, man. And he went, oh, oh, you want to be like that, do you? And walked out. He said, <laughs> shit, fuck. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> um, and they, what the copper said to him, though, the copper said, look, you're going to be a dad soon. Your girlfriend's, what, four months pregnant? Why don't you step up and be the man that you should be? Just admit what you did. It's like, hey. Do you want to sleep on it? That's a fucking weird thing to offer, isn't it, a suspect? Why don't you have a little nap? We'll think things over. Your girlfriend's growing a life, your life, inside her, and then she's going to give birth, and there's going to be a child, and that child's going to reach out, and you're not going to be there. And uh, did you kill him? I think you killed him. I got told you killed him. <laughs> Jokes told me. I heard on the street. You killed him, didn't you? Playing cats in the cradle into the fucking interrogation room. He presses the tables. Um, it's brutal. And they um there's a fella who appears called Suli Diallo, and he's Julio's attorney. And he said that Riverside, where they all live, it's the wild west of Southern California. And the DA were really aggressive about gang prosecution and they wanted Julio put to death. Yeah, they, Simple they initially as that. go in and the idea that they talk to the family about what sentence they're going for is different to me. I don't think they do that in this country. Like, obviously, we don't have the death penalty, but they wouldn't be like, we were thinking 25 years, or do you want life? Do you know what I mean? They, I, 
I thought, it's weird, isn't it? That they negotiate that. It feels with, like with the family, yeah, and also um, they. Would then... you be happy with that? Would that would that help you get over the loss of your daughter if we gave him this? And she went, "Yeah, I want, yeah, I want him dead. Go, let's, yeah, let's go the death penalty." And then, like you have, then you meet Julio's sister, who says that she got an invite to the execution, which was odd That's given insane. what happens. The, um, the bit I didn't just. Just when we meet the sister, right, they then cut to when they're talking about the death penalty. I thought this was just the weirdest thing. They cut to the courtroom buildings and you have these statues. And it's basically one fella and two women. One woman's at the back and she's got her boobs out. And then the woman in the front and she's holding an Olympic torch. And then the woman in the front is resting her hand on the man's half naked man's shoulder. She's only got one boob out. Look, I did. I, did I? What was? I didn't understand the the symbolism of that. The, what, there's two things what, on what? that because those things are all when you go down the Alex Jones rabbit hole of saying that this is the secret society that runs us and we don't really look at stuff. But really, I think it's more the Louis C.K. thing where all all sculptors are are perverts. <laughs> <laughs> But it just seems a weird thing to have, well, first of all, on a justice building. Um, and secondly, why did they put that in the documentary? That's the bit I didn't understand. Ah, they were next to it. They didn't get many establishing shots in this other than talking heads. I guess so. Yeah, you can only show so much MySpace but text. It was in- Eventually, we need some boob. Put some boob in it. It was interesting, and I and I kind of saw coming what, was, what, what happens next, because they go into Julio's backstory, and... Yeah. Mother was on drugs, the bad influences. Yep. He got stabbed. The minute he got stabbed, they knew a big difference into him. And then you see the big 5150 tattoos on him from that point onwards. And then, then Nick joined a rival gang and wanted to go after them. And it was like a wake up. Yeah, call. Belinda's. Yeah, yeah, Belinda's little kid, 13 year old son, brother yeah. of Crystal. And yeah, Belinda's, once she's hearing like this, it's very similar to what their kids could have done. Yes. You know what I mean? Right, she's no of. different from the mum of Julio. She has got, and she could well, see well, the parallels. I think, I think there, there is a difference, but again, a sliding doors. Like if one's, you know, two yeah, degrees to yeah, the left, yeah. two degrees to the right. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't take much yes. as we're learning with our own fucking cushy middle class lives. It doesn't take much to displace your fucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you cut your no, sense right. and sensibility. So, so they then go and ask and say, "Look, I want the death penalty taken off the table." Yeah. She said, I had to look at myself and see where did this anger come from? And she goes in that, yeah, I wanted, I didn't want Julio charged with. And then I, I didn't want him, um, I didn't want him killed for killing my daughter, which that level of compassion, I don't know, I haven't got kids, it, it, but it's, it's that's, growth. That's one good, it's another good yes, thing. Yeah. You see the growth of a person, which again, a good documentary yeah. you tend to see. Yeah, then you see and she's getting sober, right? And just her language, because I hang out in those circles, you can see her language about recovery and you know the mountain she's climbing, and for, it's about forgiveness and and service and that, all of the that, language that she's talk using. To I'm me, like, yeah, okay. um, always sounds like um, you're trying to stick to a story for the police. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. Yeah. 
Can we all get our story straight, do, please? Do you know yeah. the uh, there's the Scientology <coughs> one when they all go on that show and go, I know every inch of him. <laughs> <They're> like <laughs> you all have that same look in your eye when you say that. Look, you're doing what you're doing. That's absolutely fine. It's commendable, and I'm not mocking recovery because I've just realised that 80 percent of our listenership are probably match friends within recovery. <laughs> Keep up the good fight, guys. <laughs> one day at a time um, and, but what she said is I had to learn to forgive myself and that's harder than forgiving Julio Haradia who killed my daughter that oh, that was sad man that and was, then you got the Lemus the brothers sad. testifying it's funny because they talk to ex-gang members and they're like yeah it was hard man to see him getting up there and lying like that because <laughs> they're still yeah. they're still on the nah fuck you we'll say he's innocent thing and then 10 years goes on and jokes is still not found. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Julio gets life without parole. And then the last scene, which... Yeah. Well, what the the judge said was, you are not a very nice person and you will pay for what you've done. So, yeah, life without parole. Now, I don't... What do you feel about that? that? Is that just? What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he just went and fucking shot at a car. That it wasn't even aggravated assault. It was cold blooded. He could have killed four people instead of it. Could have been a child in that car. It doesn't. The amount of life lost from and from the sounds of the person's life he's leading. So it's like, well. But then, how do we rehabilitate someone like that? Well, is that what is that what they're saying? No, we're not. We we can't rehabilitate. If you look at the, um, do you remember the? Michael Moore documentary we watched, Where to Invade Next. I was about to bring that up in the Denmark thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And that the guy who went and killed all them school children, um, and he only got 20 years. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be working in Tesco's next to Anders Breivik next decade. <laughs> yeah, right. And the dad in that was like, no, we need to rehabilitate him. We need to... Anders, can you do Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. No, you can't do Tuesday. Well, t- tell you what, you tell them to work a fucking bank holder to see what happens. <laughs> all right, you give them the stock knife. Um, and the, the mum again, she comes out with some gold, man. Every day, it's the same on the news. It's just the names that are changing, and she's talking about all the death that's going on. Um, yeah, jokes is jokes is still hasn't been apprehended, and then it cuts to Belinda doing tarot cards, which was weird. Uh. And she said, oh, the high priestess, well, that's me. And then she pulls the justice card and says, well, William Jokes Salito will get his. And then it cuts up on the screen two weeks after the tarot card reading. William Jokes Salito was apprehended in Mexico. Yeah, really? So, yeah, he was he was arrested. Basically, someone grasped him up as well because she got a Facebook tip. That's how they arrested William Salito. Yeah, I didn't like the way they implied it was the tarot cards that caught him. Yeah, that yeah, that was ridiculous. And he was, uh, yeah, he had four children. He was a chili farmer. Yeah, he didn't actually become a badass chef like he'd hoped to. No, he did not. He was... I used to gig with a chili farmer. Yeah? Yeah, really funny bloke. Really, really funny man. Lovely man. And just to show we're not complete sexist pigs, I can't remember his name. And he's a male. So there you go. We've got some balance in the force. Just we also I've forget been, just, male just names. Just because I've been calling you up, you may have noticed it. <laughs> we're having problems. It's not the fact that they're males, Matt. It's the fact they're foreign names. We're having struggles writing these down. <laughs> um, William, stroke jokes, William Salito, 14 years after Crystal's death, he gets 22 years 
for voluntary manslaughter. See, that was weird because he was driving the car. Are they saying he was a shooter now. Um, I don't. And if that's the case, did they then release Julio then? No, no. Julio went down because who they Julio definitely pulled the trigger. But because the Lemus brothers cooperated, they weren't being prosecuted. It was the fact that I think that he ran away. He's then caught up within the thing. Or did they both start shooting? I have. I'm not sure because he was the driver. I'm not. I don't think he was the shooter. He was the driver. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But again, so that was only four of them. So that was him, the Lemus, two Lemus brothers, and Julio. What about the other three people in the car? They're in the five one fifty, baby. Yeah, but they arrested thirty five gang member houses. What? What did no one else get do time? It was just. It was a. It was a really. Dep- I don't know where you felt. I was. I was quite depressed at the end of this. Um, but again, like I said, a little bit desensitized. But yeah, it was just. Oh, okay. It's really I, sad. I, but I, it, you can see this is happening multiple times. Every day in that country of well, 300 is, million I think people. that's why they hid that from the trailer. That's the, I, I, they, they implied that this was within a middle-class world, and for some reason we are fine-tuned to be more interested into that. Oh. For it to be happening in a square community of where, like, you know, you're that's meant to feel safe point. and shit like that. Yeah, okay. If you were like, right, gangland LA, someone got shot. That I don't think that registers quite as well. And I do think this was a good documentary. I mean, if you saw the effect on the brothers, the, the growth the mom has to take the death penalty Yes, off, yeah, when yeah. When you see the fucking strength of young Jamie doing the fucking catfishing and the sleuthing online and yeah. finding that shit. Again, Hotel Cecil, get your, raise your fucking sleuthing game. Jesus, <laughs> this 14-year-old kicked your ass at it. <laughs> and, and then they have the interrogation footage. You have the fucking gaff of them making the kid cry you and being it. like, "Shit, it, it's not him. Give us BMX back." And then you have, then you, you have a bit of interrogation. I love footage. interrogation footage, and I'm very excited <laughs> to say for the Patreon, we are starting uh, making a murderer, and uh, I can't. I am so excited to do that um, because. I don't know if the well-groomed episode has came out, but Mike and Matt has been punished <laughs> with a fucking a ten-hour stick of injustice. I'm quite looking forward to it. I oh, don't know. No, don't spoil it for me. Well, you don't know who did what, so you're fine, pal. Don't worry. No, well, I'm guessing it. Well, you can making a murderer. Somehow. Making yeah. a murderer. Yeah, the cops are the good yeah. guys. Um. Yeah, so well, give us a score, Rick. Let, let's I'm let's giving wrap it, this. It's, it's a fun three point five. It's not too long. If you haven't seen a decent documentary in a while, it's going. Oh, you can check that. It's a bit more uplifting yeah. than American Murderer. I just, you... I think there's there was something. I don't think you ever felt like you went anywhere with it. And and I'm talking from the documentary. I think the story's fine. I think the story's actually quite yes. interesting. But yeah. when the story, this is why white collar crimes are actually quite dull to go back on what I just said, because it's a lot of screens. The action sequence and the interactions are like screens. It's like white collar crime. Yeah. Well, yeah, but white collar crime is a lot of screens as well. That's when, if you want to look into huge tax evasion cases yeah. are boring as fuck. Cause you see like, I know David Cameron shell company on a fucking invoice. You're like, that's hardly yeah. a smoking gun of Robert again, yes. Robert Durst burping. It's not exactly yeah. that now, is it? So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't Do, think it's too... I think you feel stagnant because it's just talking heads and screens. There's no movement around. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, but the, if you think of a similar working class type background where the kids went off the rails, um, you look at all this mayhem that we reviewed. 
that had a completely different vibe to the but documentary. On that, you look at all, they've got like hours of footage of them in person at the time, Rex doing 6.30 flips on the um, on the thing. Yeah, I guess, it, yeah. And it, but yeah, that's it what I mean, gang, just like static-wise, you felt... Yeah. That, do, I do mean, you they think... built, there wasn't a, it was a wait for the confession, not a, oh my God, how did this happen? Do you yes. know what I mean? It was a different kind yeah. of chase yeah, to yeah. it. But I th- again, I don't think they would have caught the guys if it wasn't for Belinda and the family. And I think that's a fucking excellent story to tell. That's a really good point. Well, let me ask you this then. Do you think if there wasn't a global pandemic and the world hadn't stopped turning for a short period of time, that this documentary would have got made? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still reckon? Uh, I, okay. I definitely do. I definitely do. Um... I, I feel like it was put out because of the pandemic. I, I think they're, they're reaching... Does that make footage, sense? And that's... Yeah. I don't know when they started making it, to be honest, because this happened years ago. But if you were to say, let's just... Because, again, this is... I think it's very well sold on the trailer. The, tra- yeah, the trailer... Yeah, the feel like it's going to have a, a lot yeah. more suspense to it. Because yes. yeah, yeah. they're coming up to a bit, they'll be suspenseful. And then, like, oh, and then I just... I told them, yeah. forget it. But like I mean, she does some funny shit when she's going and telling the the six one two gang that they're being mad, <laughs> mad dissing you, dog, and they're burning insane. down. There is a lot of stuff, but like again, maybe if it wasn't a pandemic, if you go and talk to people who had their fucking Ford expeditions burned down by gang members, not yeah. knowing why. Um, not gonna fit. I, I you'd have to you got to grade on a curve, not jaded. And I and if you look at, uh, I'm not even going to be mean about well groomed. I would say Wrinkles the fucking clown had a great trailer. And you look Rick at, was the clown out of great trailer. Yeah. And yeah. then and then you piece it against this one. This one knocks that out of the park every day of the week. Yes. Yeah. Um well I'm gonna give this a score of three. So that is a discussing documentary is six and a half. No, I'm not you're looking at me going, justify that. No, I'm not. Uh, just it gets a free. We're gonna move on. <laughs> I know, and no, I was looking I, at you because I'd hadn't I didn't think I'd give my score yet, but yeah, I was going three point five. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh it's that 420. It's 420 somewhere. <laughs> well, thank you very much again for joining us. Without you, we are just two weirdos phoning one another up on a Wednesday afternoon talking about shit we've seen. So, thanks. I used to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a nice office job. Um Right, well, thanks very much. Listen, there's more stuff coming, right? There's a, and if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon, well, firstly, you're a leech, uh, and we don't mind. I leech on some podcasts, but on the Patreon, there's some really great stuff. There really is. I know we keep harping on about it, but that's because there's McMillions, there's Alan V. Farrow, there's the lost episode of the Flat Earthers. That's worth just signing up for the Patreon for one month because that's on the initial offering. Hey, I tell you what, let's let's just disregard uh, Matt's leech comment because that makes me <laughs> makes me uncomfortable how I live my life. Uh, <laughs> but so, like, but, whoever it is, uh, there is ways you can help if you can like leave a review on the on the Facebook or on the iTunes. Yeah, uh, yeah, or, you can do that, or, or share, or like, or subscribe, or anything like that. And if you, if you just like to sign up to the Patreon just to get the feed, listen to it, and then cancel it again, that's still a hell of a lot better. Knock yourself than, out. That is a hell of a lot better than nothing. Matt is just trying to become comfortable with um, trying to be earnest and trying hard, and he's lashing out <laughs> at the world <laughs> with his 
Well, he just hasn't got weird recovery speak about how it's okay to set up a Patreon yet, so he's not angry with you guys, okay? He's still he's still helpful, Matt Wills. He'll come and help you move house and not ask for cash, but apparently he wants something for a free product we fucking put out. So, yeah, so that's there's no absolutely no pressure on any of the listeners to do this, but if you do, trust me, it'll be super, super appreciated. It will um, be, man. And uh, just for all my fellowship people out there, just for today, stick with it, man find strength in others good luck belinda um right see you later Ta-da. oh it's the attic thing all right bunch of weirdos <laughs> <laughs> you had too much fun the party's over <laughs> <laughs> Oh.